So this morning, we are continuing in our series talking about how God wants us to handle money. And last week, Mike began the series off preaching about trusting God with our money. Trusting God with our finances. And he made this great distinction. He said, you know, it's actually not us trusting God with our money. It's more like trusting God with his money that he's given to us to be good stewards of. I loved how Mike said that. But there's one thing that he said that just totally caught me. And it's so true. He said, and he said about three or four times, he said, Jesus is Lord. All of this depends on the reality that Jesus is Lord. And he said, you know, we need to spend some time to unpack that. We need to spend some time talking about that. And, you know, he was totally right. And actually, as I was thinking, actually on Sunday, I went home and I was looking through the notes that I took on what he'd said and, and realizing that the sermon, the passage that I had planned uh, weeks ago to talk about this morning, we need to push that back and we need to talk about Jesus being Lord of our lives. Now, the thing is, Jesus being Lord of our lives is huge. I mean, that's basically what we are trying to do as Christians, like our whole life, trying to figure out how do we live as Jesus or with Jesus as Lord of our life. I mean, that, I mean, that's a lifetime of sermons, not just one Sunday. You can see how enormous that question is. How do we make, or how do we live with Jesus as Lord of our life? So I thought maybe what we could do today is talk about just how do we have Jesus, how do we ask Jesus to be Lord of our pocketbook? Lord of our finances, Lord of our money. How many of you wrestle with that question? How do I make or how do I invite Jesus to be Lord of my pocketbook? How many are you asking that question? How many wrestle with that? A little bit. Maybe if I word it differently, how many of you have this question? As a follower of Jesus, how should I spend money? How should I save money? How should I give money? Do any of you answer that or ask that question? God, how do you, what do you want me to do with this, this money that you have provided for me, this home and this house and this car and this job? What do you want me to do with this? See, that question we ask a bit more. I know I ask that. See, the thing is, we live in a time where there are so many different ideas on how you handle money. I mean, I, <laughs> this thing that some people believe, if, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. I played football with him. I got on my team, that was his motto. But some people take that approach to life, to, to money. If you're not ripping people off, you're a sucker. Some people think, oh, you know what, I'm just going to opt out of the whole thing. They go the other way. They say, I don't want anything to do with money. I'm going to go move up north and just live off the land. I'm not going to even do anything with money. But how do we, as followers of Jesus, handle money? Handle the money that God has given us, how do we save it? How do we spend it? How do we give it to people in ways that honor God? These are big questions. These are questions that hopefully we are wrestling with all the time. I know that I do. Sometimes Tracy wrestles with me about it. But, <laughs> but the thing I love about the scriptures is they teach us about this. Jesus teaches us, if we're going to be his follower, he teaches us how to handle money. He teaches us how to save it, how to give it away, how to spend it in ways that are just. He teaches us. That's why I love the Word of God. It's so relevant for our lives even today. Now, I want to just say one thing here that occurred to me. You know, oftentimes, churches have a, have a um, um, reputation 
for the only time they talk about money is when things are going bad and the church needs money. Uh, the church is doing fine. Don't worry about that. The church is actually, uh, the things that we plan to do this year, we actually have more money so far than we need. So things are going great. Um, I'm grateful for you and for the ways that you are contributing to what God is doing among you in this church. So this is not a guilt conversation. This is us trying to talk about if Jesus is Lord, how do we spend our money? How do we save it? How do we give it away? All right, so no strings attached. So, but I wanted, did want us to look at the Word of God. And if you have your Bibles, open it to Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. I've also, it's in your bulletin there, and if you didn't bring your Bible, it's just that white sheet, the passage is right there. This particular passage, this part of Scripture, comes from Jesus' famous Sermon on the Mount, this amazing teaching that Jesus came and sat on the mountain. And many of you know the first words, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are those who are meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Many of you know this part of the Sermon on the Mount. Well, this is kind of in the middle when Jesus is talking about actually living out this sermon, or living out what it means to be one of his followers, and he starts talking about money. So you can imagine Jesus sitting on this, on this hill, hundreds, maybe thousands of people gathered around him, listening to him as he teaches And he says this, he says, No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon, for those of you who don't know Solomon, he was a great king um, of Israel, amazingly wealthy. Um, Not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothed the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all of these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Man, that's a lot there. That's, that's a, a lot of good news, a lot of how to live life packed into one tiny little passage. But for our conversation this morning, I just want to focus on first the thing that Jesus says. He says, first of all, you cannot serve two lords. You can't serve both God and money. Jesus has this way of saying things pretty straight, doesn't he? You can't serve both God and money. Now, actually, when Jesus says money, and actually in the Greek, it's actually the Greek translation of the Aramaic word. You don't need to worry about that, but it's the word mammon. Mammon is more than just money. I mean, it includes money, but it also talks, I mean, mammon has this idea of more and more and more. I need more and more stuff. I need to make more and more money. I need to have a bigger and bigger house. I need to have a nicer and nicer car. Money, mammon is this, 
and this obsession with stuff. We call it materialism. Today we call it materialism. Today we call it consumerism. The stuff that the world around us teaches us, that you, you're not actually happy. You may feel happy, but you're not until you buy our product. You're not actually going to be happy because the house you have that does everything you need it to, it's actually not good enough. You actually need a bigger one. Or the world around us that tells us, you know that car that you've been driving for two years now? It's kind of passe now. It's almost worn out. You should buy a new one. That's the world we live in. And ultimately, it comes down to greed. Greed of people who are selling the stuff and greed of us who think, you know, you're right, I actually do need a nicer car. Or, you know, you're right, this house, though it's been good, I think I actually deserve a little bigger one. We struggle with men. See, as Christians, we're tempted to live like the rest of people around us. We're tempted to, to make our life all about the stuff we have and the job that we've done. And we make Jesus Lord, not of our life, but maybe Lord of Sunday morning. Or Lord of, of that minute or so right before we eat dinner. We say, Jesus, bless this food. We are tempted, me included. Tracy can tell you. Please don't tell him. But, <laughs> but we are tempted to make our life all about the stuff we have or to make our life largely about the stuff we have. Jesus puts it in this punchy, straightforward way. You cannot serve mammon, money, greed, materialism, consumerism. You cannot serve that God and serve your Father in heaven. It's not possible. He says you cannot. He doesn't say, you know, I don't advise it. Or, it's going to be really tricky if you do. He says, you cannot. We can't serve man. We can't serve money and, and greed and materialism and serve our God. We can't. Now, some of you might think, so is Jesus saying that we're all supposed to be poor? No. I think he calls some of us to poverty. I think he calls some of us to give. I mean, there was a, I mean, you know, many of us know the story of the rich young ruler. He told that guy, he sell everything you have and come follow me. I think he calls some of us to that. But he also says, I also often throughout numerous places in Scripture where God says, I want to bless you. Even in this passage, he says, don't worry about these things. Your God, your Father in heaven knows you need them. He'll provide them for you. You know, and I think too, we kind of get. All right, we get worried about this, you know, maybe I'm supposed to, you know, am I not supposed to be quite so rich or something? And most of us don't think we're rich, but let me tell you, you are. Everybody in this room, me included, we are filthy, stinking rich. Compared to 95% of the rest of the world, we are filthy rich. I know we look around the room, we think, well, actually, you know, I know that lady over there is way richer than me. <laughs> I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about us. Compared to the rest of the world, every person in this room, we are rich. We have clothes to wear. I mean, all of you are wearing clothes. I see that. Thank you. (laughs) We have plenty of food to eat. Some of us a little more than others. We have cars. I mean, most of you drove here. We are rich. So Jesus isn't saying you have to be poor. But he is saying you can't serve mammon. You can't 
make your life all about the stuff you have. He's saying, if you want to follow me, life can't be about getting more and more. It can't be about getting bigger and bigger. See, I used to live that way. 13 years ago, before I met Tracy, I don't know if she would have really even been all that interested in me. My life was all about my career. My whole plan was to climb a corporate ladder. I worked in a telecommunications company. Climb a corporate ladder, you know, bounce around from company to company, moving up fast, retire when I was in my 50s. That was my plan. <laughs> How dull. But that was all it was all about. And saving money to buy a house. I remember in one year I paid off cars, the next year I bought a house. After that, I was starting to think, now I'm going to start saving for a Porsche. I was in my 20s talking about saving for a Porsche. It's ridiculous. That's what life was all about. And it completely fell apart. The bottom completely fell out. And then Jesus got a hold of my life. I started following him. I sold all that stuff. For those of you who know my story, part of it, it was, uh, I was part of a divorce. And so my, my first wife, I mean, she got half, but like my Jeep, I love that Jeep, sold it. <laughs> sold it. Motorcycle, love the motorcycle. Sold it. Trace and I got married, and then we moved to, to Vancouver, where I went to seminary. Start following God to learn about Jesus, to learn how to, to bless others, to tell others about him. The thing is, God wants us to devote our lives to him. And he doesn't, he doesn't sort of mince words. He doesn't give us any sort of gray, uh, ambiguous understanding. He just says, you cannot serve mammon. You cannot serve materialism and consumerism and greed. You can't serve those things and follow me. We just can't do it. He says, you'll love the one and hate the other. Or you'll be devoted to one and you'll just give lip service to the other. Jesus wants us to make him, to ask him to be Lord of our pocketbook. So how do we do this, right? I mean, it's one thing to say that, but how do we do this? I think Jesus gives us some hints even in this passage. He says, make God first. Make God Lord of your life. You can't serve money and God so don't anxiously try to do it. Don't be anxious and try to make it work. So that's what people who don't follow God, that's what they do. They chase after these things. So look at the birds of the air. They don't sow seeds and plow the ground. They don't squirrel away all their wealth into some bank. In the story, it's a barn house, but not many of us have barns anymore. We have bank accounts. They don't squirrel it away. And yet God provides for them. God provides everything they need. How much more will God provide for you, your Father in Heaven who loves you like crazy? What about the lilies of the field? How beautiful they are. They don't spin yarn. They don't sew. And they're more amazing than even the greatest king of Israel. At least in terms of wealth. There's other great kings, but... How much more will God provide for you? 
So, so don't anxiously run after these things. Don't anxiously obsess after these things. Because that's what the culture around us tells us to do. That's what the culture around us is largely caught up in doing. They're obsessed with success. How can I get further and further ahead so life is easier and more secure for me? The life or the culture around us is caught up with how can I get more money? Sure, maybe I'll kick a few bucks down to uh, somebody, you know, some charity, but only for tax purposes. But the world around, the world around us that is anxious about getting more and more stuff to keep up with the Joneses. I need a bigger house, so I get a better job. I get a better job, I guess I can buy that bigger house now. Buy a bigger house, I guess I need a better job. It just goes round and round. It's the, the hamster wheel that the rest of the world is caught up in. Sometimes we get caught up in it, too. Jesus gives us this advice. He says, devote yourself first. Seek first. Run after the kingdom of God. Be obsessed first with the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. I love that because I don't know if you caught that part, but he says, focus on the kingdom of God and these things will be added. And I don't know that he means mansions and Rolls Royces. I don't think so. Maybe, for some of you, maybe. If you do, if it does mean you can have a loan. But, but I, don't think, I do think he means about, he's talking about life. Jesus talked about, especially in John's gospel, Jesus talks a lot about Zoe or life more full, life abundant. And I don't think he means a more abundant with stuff. I think he means more abundant in our relationship with him, more abundant in our relationship with each other, more abundant in our relationship with our family and our neighbors. I think that's more what God is talking about when he talks about abundant life. So he says, come after me and all these things will be added to you. See, I think sometimes we get the idea that Jesus said, devote yourself to the kingdom of heaven and don't worry because you don't need to eat anyways not what he says. God knows that you need to eat. God knows that you need clothes. God knows that you need a home to live in. God knows that many of you need a car to get to work. He knows that you need these things. So we devote our life to God and we trust him for these other things to be added. And I can speak, I mean, a little bit from my experience. I mean, don't get, me, don't get me wrong. Like, I haven't done this perfectly. I've messed up a lot. But I started following God. Like I said, like, I love that Jeep, and I sold it, and that motorcycle, and I sold it. But I look at where I'm at now with my wife, with our two sons, and this amazing place we live, this church family that we're a part of. God has made my life abundant and rich, richer than it ever was. I still don't have a motorcycle or a Jeep, but I don't really care anymore. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. But, <laughs> but, but I'm totally over it. I'm grateful for what God has done. I mean, the amazing home that we have. I mean, that is a miracle of God. We could have never bought that on our own. But by God's faithfulness and faithfulness of others, we have that place. And I'm grateful. God knows that we need food. I mean, we have never gone hungry. We eat beans and rice once a week, but we've never been hungry. I always have clothes. I mean, the shirt I'm wearing, somebody gave it to me when we went on our holiday to Calgary. God provides. 
I mean, I can tell you story after story of the way that God just comes through and provides. I mean, you have your own stories. You don't need mine. You know your own stories of how, you're like, man, how is this going to work? I don't even see it. And then all of a sudden, something comes through. God provides. It's amazing how faithful he is. So I hear Jesus saying, let go of that, that God of money and success. Let go of it. Come and grab onto me. Pursue my kingdom. Because see, this is the thing. Like, I, I thought about this. I imagine this. Like, as, we, as we think about money stuff, we kind of like grab onto it because we're terrified. God, I need this money. I'm going to die without it. Jesus is saying, okay, you can still so grab onto me with one hand, then grab on with the other. Turn away from that stuff and come follow me. And I know it's terrifying to let go. Trust me, I know. I have issues with this, of letting go of that being my security and grabbing onto God and following him. But Jesus says, trust him in this. And if Jesus says, trust him, you can trust him. So this is sort of the advice that Jesus gives us. He says, you cannot have two gods. He says, you can't serve God and money. You just can't do it. He says, so stop being anxious about trying to do it and just seek first my kingdom or the kingdom of God and follow me. Come grab onto me. Okay, so let's get really practical. How do we begin doing that this week? I mean, this is a lifelong process, but what can we start doing today, this afternoon, tomorrow, to start living this? I want you to do just one thing this week. Take one step away from the God of mammon and money and success and take one step towards the kingdom of God. More importantly, take one step toward Jesus. So do this one thing. Take this step away to Jesus. Okay, so some of you are thinking, okay, that's a nice picture, but what does that mean? So this is what I'd like you to do this week. Spend some time with Jesus. Read the Gospels. Read this passage. There's lots more in the Sermon on the Mount around uh, chapter 6 of Matthew. If you want help with that, come talk to me after service. I'd love to show you places where we can learn about Jesus and what he talks about, about money, about faith and trusting him. But spend time with Jesus this week. Maybe that means praying for you. Praying, reading the word of God. Maybe that means going on walks and just asking God, how do I make you Lord of my pocketbook? That's the first thing, spending time with Jesus. The next thing is asking him. Just asking him, God, Will you be Lord of my pocketbook? Or, God, how do I make you Lord of my pocketbook? And then the third thing, and this is the part where it gets a little bit more dicey, but you ask him, you listen, and then you do it. And you just do it. Do that one thing that Jesus is going to talk with you about this week to make him Lord of your pocketbook. Just do that one thing. Take that step. I'm kind of, I don't know about you, I'm a little bit anxious about what this is going to be, mean for me, but I trust him. He's come through so many times. 
Imagine what begins to happen for us or what grows in us, in this church family. As we do this, as we step away from money, take one more step away from materialism and consumerism, and we take a step towards the kingdom of God. Imagine what happens to us collectively as this family of God when we do that this week. When we stop worrying about, obsessing over how much stuff we have or what our bank account looks like. Imagine what that looks like. Imagine what it looks like when we show up to our neighbor. I'm not sure, I'm wondering if maybe God will say that you to, or ask you to do this. And you just say, you know what, I know you've been having a hard time. Let me help. Here, take this. Imagine, I mean, that doesn't happen very much around here anymore. Imagine what that speaks to people about where our faith is at, about who God is. That's exciting to me. So we've been talking today, this morning, about, about Jesus as Lord, and specifically this one facet of life, Jesus being Lord of our pocketbook. We talked about the reality. Jesus just lays it out there. He says, you can't serve materialism and God. You get one or the other. Please choose God. And he says, do it this way. Don't be anxious about the stuff anymore. Devote yourself to my kingdom. Devote yourself to my kingdom and all the stuff that you need will be added. And actually the stuff that's better than money, like family and friends, relationship, love and care, hope, these things will be added to you. And do just one thing this week. Just take that step. Take that one step. Spend time with Jesus. Ask him to be Lord of your pocketbook and then do it. See what happens. I can't wait to see what God is going to do in me. I can't wait to see what he's going to do in us. Amen.